Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. Hey, Mama. What you doing? Hello, friends. Welcome to Co-Parenting, your Thrive Guide podcast. My name is Deborah Lene, and I am the host of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I hope that everyone's week has been amazing. Mine has been good with a little note that uh, I got the vaccine this week and it really, woo wee, I felt it. I'll just say that I felt it and it's only the first shot. And um, so I am feeling the effects. So hopefully that means it's working. And um, so that's been my week and Ava and I got back from vacation. We went to Bald Head Island in Oak Island in North Carolina. And let me just say, if anyone is in North Carolina and wants a wonderful island to go to, we had the best time at Bald Head Island. And one of the awesome things about Bald Head Island is there are no cars allowed on the island. So it's literally golf carts, walking and bikes. There's a lighthouse on the island. There is a turtle conservatory. I think that's what it's called. It's maybe it's a turtle conservation area. Maybe that's the right term. But anyway, it was so, 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 so much fun. And the beaches were just phenomenal. And there were very few people. And it was the best socially distanced vacation that we've been on. So it was really, really wonderful. You take a ferry across um, from a little town, Southport, and it, it's about a 20 minute ferry ride and it is just the best. So we just had the greatest time. And so we get back and then we're into get back into our routine of school and tennis. And then I got the shot. And I felt terrible. Friday, Saturday. I'm a little better today, not feeling the best. So today is Sunday is when I'm recording this. So anyway, enough of that. I just wanted to let you all know what my week's been like. So I hope your all's week has been great. And I'm a big fan of getting the vaccine. So hopefully, everybody will do that so we can move on with our lives and find a new normal after this pandemic. I wanted to talk today about discipline and co-parenting. And this subject is a tough one. Like many of our subjects around co-parenting, it can be very complicated. But I felt like there were a few strategies, I guess, that I could share with you guys that I think would help as we are on our co-parenting journey that would help make things go smoother and provide a more cohesive relationship for our children. I think, you know, so much about co-parenting is about learning how to manage the feelings of not being in control. And for me, anyway, that's what it's like. I, I in the past, had gotten so frustrated um, about worrying about when you know, my child wasn't with me and what were they doing? And I feel like that with Ava, I have her a lot. 
um, and her dad, he works a lot of hours, so he doesn't, isn't able to spend all the time that he wants with her. And I think that it is easy to feel like we're not in control when the child is with the other parent. And then especially if the child does something with you, and then you want to discipline them and the other parent doesn't carry through the discipline. And that can be so frustrating, especially if it happens on your time. And then when the other co-parent gets the child, it's all fun and games. And everything's you know, Disney World and staying up late and watching movies and no discipline. And so I wanted to provide a few strategies I think would be helpful. And understanding that before I share with you the strategies, understanding that not all of us have a, um, you know, a partner, a co-parent that is cooperative. So I get that. And um, all I can say is just do the best that you can if you don't have a cooperative co-parent. So I think one of the things, the first thing that I would say are talk it over before you hand it over. So if a discipline issue were to come up on a transition day, uh, I, I, or that needs to be carried out over the other co-parents time. I think that it's something that should be agreed upon and talked about before the consequence is given. So that at the time that you make a joint decision together about how to best handle it, that it, it can be cohesive. Now, let me give you an example. So a few years ago, my Ava was I think she was in first grade and she they were doing a rock project I think it was first grade they were doing a rock project and um we got this email saying uh from the teacher saying that someone had taken another member's uh, another classmate's rocks these gold flakes and they if anyone had seen them, would they please? And I remember that I had seen Ava with these little gold flakes in this little vial. And this child straight up lied. Okay. <laughs> she swore up and down. She knew nothing about it. She didn't have it. Well, she did. And I was furious. So let me say I am much harder on Ava than her dad because she has her daddy wrapped around his finger, her finger, whatever that saying is. But anyway, he does not really, I mean, he's much more lenient than I am. And I was so angry because I just think I'm not having a kid that's a klepto. That is not what's going to happen. And I was furious when I found out that a she had taken the flakes the gold flakes the little gold rocks and b that she had continuously lied about them and that it was you know that that's how it was well her dad just said oh no that's really bad and you shouldn't do that he wasn't it was my week with her so he wasn't 
worrying so much about the discipline part and just said that's not good. I, on the other hand, was like, okay, you are in a lot of trouble and you are going to, you had to write an apology to the class because it was a whole class thing and you had to tell everyone you were sorry, the kid, the parent, you know, I went full on and then she had to write every day. Now, first grade writing every day, I will not lie and I will not steal. And she had to do that, you know, 25 times every day for a week. And, and then she got her iPad taken away, I think for a month, I think it was. Well, her dad was like, Oh, my gosh, that's really harsh. And I was like, No, that's not harsh, because my kid's not going to steal and certainly not going to lie. And so while she went with him over the weekend, he did not make her write her words. And I said, that's fine. But just know that when you come back to me, that it's going to start. And that's what you're you're going to make up for those two days. And that's just how it's going to be. And I, I know that some mothers or some parents, let me say, might be really adamant that they have to follow for be consistent. And while that, you know, might be the perfect way for it to be as a co-parent, it doesn't always work that way because you can't force the other co-parent, you can't force them to, you know, do the discipline. So I, I said, that's fine. She can do it when she's with me. And then when she comes back to me, we'll finish it out. But whatever's going to happen is when she's back with me, it's going to continue. And so I think if we as parents that are enforcing the discipline, if we can't get the other co-parent to cooperate, that we just not stress about that. Just let that go. We can pick up where we left off the next time and instill those good values that we want, even when the child comes back to us. So talking it over beforehand is obviously the best way to do it. But if you have a co-parent that isn't willing to instill the discipline or you all can't agree, don't worry about it. You can actually let them wait. You don't have to agree on an immediate consequence. So, you know, instead of telling them you can't do this or you can't do that, or you can't go to football practice or you can't go to tennis or whatever, because they're with their other parent or you guys can't come to an agreement, make up something that works for you at the time that you have them. Now, I will say, I know a lot of parents use use sports. So saying, nope, you're not going to go to sports if you, you know, using that as a punishment. I am not a fan of that because I feel like that you make a commitment to play tennis or basketball or football or baseball and if, especially if you're working as a team, that it lets the whole team down when you aren't there. And so I am not a fan of using getting rid of the sports as a discipline. That's just my opinion, but I'm, I'm not a fan of that. So I think that you can wait on the discipline and save it for another time when you do have the um, children for the whole week or the child for the whole week. Obviously, you want to set a united front. And so I always say that knowing that there are many that can't can't do that. While it's wise, it's 
it's not always practical or reasonable. And I think, you know, I think with sometimes if you have a parent, the other co-parent that doesn't even think isn't like the disciplinarian at all. I know I have a friend of mine and the other co-parent has is not a disciplinarian, like doesn't feel like they should be punished. She does a wonderful job of just managing that. She just says, well, while they're at my house, I can enforce what I can enforce when they're at his house. That's not my problem. And unfortunately, I, I can't, I can't make that work. So trying to be consistent is great. But understanding that it's not always practical. When a line has been crossed and you need to set up consequences, I think focusing on limiting activities that don't make a positive contribution to the quality of the children's lives is is great. So if, for instance, if a parent is prone to say, okay, you're not going to go to any of your athletics, which I wouldn't do that, but that's what you can instead maybe no TV for the week or no iPad for the week. That way they are still getting the positive effects from their um, sports or whatever, but but they're not, they're still getting some form, form of punishment. Some of the smart strategies um, to use, I think, when you're talking about discipline within the co-parenting dynamic is you know how there's a good cop, bad cop, and where the topic of discipline is involved, one side will often feel like they constantly have to play bad cop, while the other parent gets to be the fun one. I know that with Bree and her dad, I always felt like I was bad cop, and I felt like he was always doing, you know, fun times and Disney World and movies and I was doing the you know weekly thing and making them get up and do the lunch and all of that so I think that when children are living across two different homes with two different parental uh, personalities it is important that these are streamlined and that the discipline is managed and creating an effective discipline routine. It's really about learning to communicate with our other co-parent and find a common ground or a commitment to at least stay on the same page so that your child or children will feel the consistency of attitude being projected by both parents. And I, I think consistency is so important. And I, I know you guys probably hear me say that like every week, but it really is. And if you can form a united front, clearly that's the best scenario where it's possible. If you are at the beginning of your co-parenting journey and you're maybe doing mediation or a session with a family therapist with your co-parent, um, it can be helpful to bring up these subjects about discipline so that you guys can learn to manage the differences in the dis disciplinarian approaches and how to work together. And 
learn to back each other up and support the other co-parent. And I know, I know, I know it's hard to do in the beginning of a separation because you're already feeling so many emotions. So what I like to, this is something, a little trick that I do. Think about if, am I going to have the same reaction about this discipline if my child was going to a grandparent's house? So what would my reaction be if it was going to a grandparent's house and not my ex's? And that strategy has helped me change how I process the feeling, especially when you're feeling anger or hurt, or if the other co-parent, you've just come through a battle in court. If you change the way you're thinking about it by saying, if I was this, if this discipline was taking place and the child was going to the grandparents' home, would I still react the same? And doing that helps me, I know from personal experience, help me to kind of take the emotion out and kind of come to an even ground. And I think that if you can agree upon an acceptable consequence and how you communicate with your child's behavior, that it really shows the children that you're working together and that nothing has changed. You guys are still a family. There are some golden rules um, that I think that we can use when it comes down to having non-negotiables, right? So we never want to criticize the other parent in their presence. And I know I've said this a million times, but if we can learn to hold those emotions and those words that you want to say, you can write them down. You can tell your sister, you can tell your best friend, you can um, go scream somewhere else and whatever you think of your parent, if you can learn to never criticize, that is super important. Your own emotional or feeling about your ex-partner needs to be set aside so that the best interest of your children are first. And remember that when you undermine your ex's attitude to discipline, that what your child hears is not okay to listen to one parent and then not the other. So it's important that you act in a kind way, even when. Respectful co-parenting is very important and being it's so hard, especially if this is not if respectful co-parenting is not happening on the other side. So I believe that successful co-parenting where discipline is concerned requires respect for the other co-parent, no matter what. And even when, even when they did that, it, it doesn't matter. You still have to be respectful. It is about remembering that this human that you're dealing with is important to your child. Therefore, it needs to be important to you. When we have someone that we dislike, it is so easy and often it's automatic to reject them or to criticize them in how they deal with things. I know that from a very (laughs) personal uh, reflection of my own life that it's easy, especially if someone doesn't like us and we don't like them and our feelings are raw and um, we just 
just want to disregard them. That's a normal human response. The danger is that when your child's other parent makes a decision around discipline for your child, you reject it without a thought, not following through with the disciplinary action that has been decided upon, even if it's warranted and appropriate. And I've, in many cases, separated parents simply don't see eye to eye on discipline or behavioral expectations of the children. And to be honest, probably they never did. But the solution here is to either agree to disagree, but back each other up regardless, or to come to terms with the reality of a different set of rules in each household. If you have decided that you're going to back each other up when it comes to discipline, you should honor the other co-parents' disciplinary choices and consequences, especially if they spill into your time with the child. For example, if your child's father has grounded your daughter for a week, when she comes to your house for the second part of the week, she needs to remain grounded until she's done her time. By honoring your ex's disciplinary decisions, your child learns that discipline and boundaries are firm across both households and it creates a sense of security and a sense of stability for your child. And I know there are cases where you don't agree on consequences and and your ex um, has put your child has put a plan together for your child. In these instances, you can discuss with your ex why they think that those consequences are appropriate, but never do it in front of the kids. And I think when this conversation takes place, it's important to think about that you were not there to witness what the child did. So you need to fully listen. And as Judge Judy says, God gave you two ears and one mouth. So listen, (laughs) believe it or not, I watched Judge Judy. I know she's not going to be on much longer. But anyway, I don't know. I know some people don't like her, but (laughs) that's a side note. But it is important that the child um, knows that you both are working together to come up with a disciplinary method that works Well, I I think that and they because they take security in that. If you can introduce discipline styles across two households, I think that is so great. I personally, um, being that I'm the one that does the majority of the discipline, I guess um, (laughs) for me, I feel like that it's just I kind of say what we're doing and the co-parents that I have been dealt to to deal with have mostly um, mostly agreed. Uh, I think there was one time when Bree was 15, um, 14 or 15, we got in a huge argument and her dad, um, you know, totally took Bree's side. Anyway, I won in the end, but I know it's not about winning or losing, but... I think that um, for the majority of the time, I have basically said these are the rules. But I think if you can come to an agreement 
about discipline and have it in two households, I think that it can be effectively and consistently uh, enforced across both households. And I think that it can work really well um, for the kids so that they understand that now that mom and dad live in separate houses, there still is a cohesive, secure discipline across both households. It can be helpful for your co-parent to know what your rules and routines are and for you to know theirs. And I think this will allow you to take ownership of the of the parent you want to be and the ch- and champion the parent your ex is trying to be as well. And this way, your children will, will understand that um, that they are unable to play one parent against the other. And I think if you have that cohesiveness, that it really cuts down on, you know how kids like to work us. So I think that it really cuts down on that. Now, I understand that not everyone has an easy to get along with parent, co-parent. I totally get that. And I think that if you lay out a discipline and it doesn't get followed at the other co-parents, don't make that an, an issue because you can pick up where you left off. And then at least your kids know that you're being consistent. And you even if you try to have a conversation with the other parent and they're not open to that, I would not make that a big issue. I would just say, well, that's your dad. And I know my friend that has this issue. She does so great. And about just, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And learning to let go of that control. I know that's hard, but it it really will actually help you in the long run. Um, Because we can only, you know, control so much. So I would say, as I come to a close, to trust your instincts and do the best that you can do. Ultimately, the more consistent you can be in your home and your ex can be in theirs, the more secure that our children will feel. And if you and your co-parent can work together to teach the children right from wrong, which is really what discipline is, that there's no better way to co-parent. I hope that you all have found this episode helpful and I will be sharing my notes in the show notes. So feel free to use those and feel free to reach out. If you have any questions, you can find me on Instagram at coparenting underscore your thrive guide. Um, And then I'm on Facebook as well. But anyway, I hope that you all have a wonderful week. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. Hey, mamas, thank you so much for joining me again today on Co-Parenting Your Thrive Guide podcast. You can download your free Thrive Guide on my website at DebraLanae.com. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to rate and review me wherever you get your podcast. It really goes in supporting the podcast and I would really appreciate your feedback, good or bad. I would love to hear from you. My new podcast comes out every Monday, so please join me next Monday. Until next time, I am Deborah Lene, and remember for this week to lead your conversations with honesty, clarity, and love, and always give grace extended.